Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. The report on the UFO wave of 1947 discusses the first contemporary wave of UFO sightings in this country, which reached its peak on July 6th and 7th, 1947. It includes a detailed chronology of more than 850 UFO cases from June and July, with complete references primarily from 140 newspapers in 90 cities in the United States and Canada, but also from the files of NICAP and Project Blue Book, as well as references from a number of publications on UFOs. I'm Doug, and joining me today is Dr. Bill. Bill, well, what's happening? Hey, how are you doing? Living the dream, as yep. always. I just realized we spent 45 minutes talking and uh, it probably should have been recording yeah. some of this stuff too. Should have, should have just recorded the whole thing. Huh? Yeah, yeah. While, um, we're, while we're messing with the systems and trying to get our computers to work, I'm trying to get mine to work. Yeah, and here I am. I don't even okay. I don't even have you on my screen. Okay, so um, I think it bears mentioning in 1947 that we had the Ken Arnold, which I don't know how many times we mentioned Ken Arnold, but. Um, he was June 26. He was he was looking for a marine um, aircraft that went down in 1946 uh, on June 26, and then uh, I'm sorry, June 21st was Maury Island, which we know was a um, Maury Island, which we know is the donut shaped half half dozen sighting. And then, of course, Roswell on July 5th. And um, we didn't lose any aircraft on that one. But uh, Maury Island, we did. We lost a B-25 after the investment. And anyway, I just thought it would bear, as we're going through this 47 thing, it was kind of weird that those things uh, came about, you know, along with all of these sightings that, you know, we've, you know, yeah. we, we're not going to mention all 850, but... Well, we'll uh, we'll spend. There's a, a they have a hell of a graph here that shows the yeah June and July. They've got a bar graph here, and it's interesting about why do you, I wonder why? I mean, we don't know why, but um, you know, it's interesting that what happened in '47, or did people just start looking into the sky? Well, I don't think it was people looking into the sky, and and one of the things that a lot of people were thinking was triggered the UFO sightings was the uh, above-ground atomic bombs and the tests. So you had in July 16, 1945, you had Trinity, which was the first test, and then on August 6, 45, you had Little Boy was used on Hiroshima. In August 9th and 45, you had Fat Boy used on Nagasaki, which brought uh, World War II to the end, and World War Two ended in September 1945. And then in 1946, July 1, on Bikini Atoll, they had, on July 1 and July 25th, on Bikini Atoll, they had the Abel and the Baker test of nuclear weapons. And then the next time that they had above-ground nuclear test was in 1948. So what a lot of people were thinking 
well, some people were thinking was that the trigger for the UFO sightings was all the uh, atomic bomb testing. But that was also uh, sort of the, like, psychologists or psychiatrists were saying that they thought that the UFO sightings might have also been uh, due to psychological, people's psychological reactions to the atomic bomb test and the changing technology in the world. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. The uh, I can't, it makes sense. But now we're today. I know I watched the Elizondo mm. uh, YouTube video. Did, did you see the? I mean, it wasn't very long, right? It was like the, 22 minutes or something. The GQ one where he was interviewed. Yes. GQ in the UK. It was a good interview. It was a good interview. And what I got out of that is he, one thing I hadn't heard him say before, he says the UFOs quite possibly don't come from or may have eons ago originally but he's thinking that well he didn't i don't know if he's thinking this but he mentioned it that um they may have come from here you know you know i like my inner theory you know where they're oh you're your hollow earth i mean hollow earth theory, theory yeah which, you know it's a book i read ages ago but the hollow earth but you know he's came right out and said they could have come from here and i it kind of resonated with me in that the you know that could that's a very real possibility then you know we got the usos on the oh, well we we see them we don't see it we do see them but uso is them. there is um under uh, the uh, unidentified unidentified submerged submerged, submerged okay. unidentified okay. submerged of the uso okay. and um it, it's you know and then i saw you know and it, I, I look on you know as i'm getting ready for the show I, I get pulled into these rabbit holes of you know off the coast point magoo which i believe is a naval air station if i, I didn't look it up but it, it doesn't mention it in the article yeah i think it, point magoo i think point magoo i believe southern california used to be a um, yeah socal used to be a um Marine Reserve, Marine, Marine Reserve Air yeah. Station, because I was actually thinking about um, when I was going to school in L.A., I was actually thinking about signing up for their um, and doing my weekends there. I didn't. Yeah, and it's it was interesting because there's a submerged, it's a three mile long. Um, I didn't send you that one, but it's oh, a you mean three the, mile long. The canyon? It's a submerged. Well, it's 2,000 feet. The, the canyon is much deeper, but um, this thing is two, three miles long, and it looks like it has pillars. And they got, and it had the, um, you know, the coordinates, the geo, geo, whatever coordinates of where it was located. This and is, everything in the article. This is the undersea. Yeah. yeah, it's the undersea, and it's flat on top, and it's got pillars, but the pillars aren't evenly spaced, which doesn't really mean anything. But, um, and I, I didn't even really keep it up on the, you know, I just kind of because I'm getting ready for this, I'm going, I can't, I can't be tugged away from what we're going to want to talk about. <laughs> so oh, is this? Is, I gave it. This is some other. A, I, this is some other. Yeah, um, I was looking. I was looking up um, the dates of, um, you know, the Roswell and the the exact dates because I was curious how they related to one another. And this thing popped up, and I thought, oh, this is bizarre. Of course, I had to read it, 
And you know, one scientist just said, "Oh, it's a, it's natural. It's just not, it's not anything." And uh, so that that that's where it is. I mean, nobody's gone. Two thousand feet isn't doesn't seem that deep. I mean, I know they could have uh, UAVs go down there. Um, drone, what you know, yeah. undersea drones, whatever. Uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's not a big deal. So I was just somebody I imagine eventually may look at it. Some people might say it's not worth it. It's just nothing. Um, but it, I, I, my point is I just got tugged away from that. Because well, that's everything on the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, they must have. There must have been surveys of that area. I'm sure there is, especially for yeah um, for submarine it's work. It's six 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 miles off the coast, two thousand feet. Mm-hmm. So we have the shell, the continental shelf, mm-hmm. and then it goes deep. And like you were talking about, that's where I went to Catalina Island, and you know the helicon helicopter, and the guy sees a, you know. A, a whale in the helicopter. So he, 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 uh, and I, I don't know if I ever told his story, if I mentioned it on the show, but he hovered over this whale really close. You were in the helicopter. Oh, the water. Yeah, I was in it. And he's, <laughs> there's six of us in this helicopter. And you all oh, look at the whale, you know, and I go, you know what? All it would take is for that thing to like slap its tail up in the air. And we're in, do you realize how deep this is? You know, I don't really want to be in the ocean with like 40, I don't know if it's 20,000 feet or whatever, under of water under me. I don't, in a crashed helicopter that I may or may not get out of. In an angry and whale. And there's a giant, in an angry <laughs> whale, you know, that might have got zipped by, you know, some rotor blades as it tried to yeah. slap us out of the sky. So, you know, and everybody else, oh, look at the whale. I'm like, I don't, I, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to, don't really want to be here, you know, it's not, I, Go on a boat if you need to look at this. We don't need to do it here. Yeah. So yeah, but it's deep. But there, it's it's this structure. Um, again, six miles off the coast, hmm. about two thousand feet. So you know, it's. But uh, but yeah, the Elizondo thing was interesting. He thinks it may have come from inside. Yeah, he mentioned oh, that, yeah. and he didn't really get. There was no revelation. I mean, other than well, that's not even a revelation. Yeah. You know. I thought he said a couple interesting things. He said um, that the government had material, had UFO. Oh, yes. UFO yes, he material. did. That was the other thing. They, and that I haven't heard from him before. He's yeah. been really close to... He didn't mention that on the UFO garage thing. If he did, I didn't no. catch it. No, this is the first time I think um, he's, he's mentioned that. And he also mentioned... I think he listens to the show because I talked about the um, uh, the shield... In uh, Roman history, where they saw a shield, yes. So I the think flaming shield, shield, yeah. And I think he, uh, I think he listens to the show. I think he got that. Well, us. you know, he does. Yeah, yeah. Between him and Rogan and Bill Burr, they all listen. Yep, to the they show. all do. They, of course, they do. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where he's, he he talked about Julius Obsequians, Obsequians, a fourth-century poet who referred to a phom- phenomenon near Rome. Uh, described as sunset, a circular object like a shield was swing, seen to sweep across the sky from west to east. So yeah, of course he listens. And, well, you know, and uh, you know, eventually we're going to be going further back. I mean, we start in forty-seven, but I think you and I will probably eventually, as we get to the present day, we'll revert back to some. Oh yeah, ancient I, alien kind of things. Oh, I uh, actually there was the. Uh, 
sightings in California of the airships at the turn of the century. Um, yeah. There's a, I picked that book up. So that's, uh, I don't know when that was published, but I picked up that book, and that'll be an interesting thing to look into. Uh, are and then all the, those UFO, are those UFO, all those UFO books in your bookshelf behind you? Or is yeah, that right? You got yeah, all your books. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, it's quite a collection. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's interesting because each shelf is uh, only 10 years. So it's like this is 30 years of UFO books, and each shelf is like, I don't know, two and a half feet long. And the volume of books hasn't really increased from decade to decade. The 50s have about the same number of books as the 60s, as the 70s. But then, you know, my collect, who knows? This isn't everything. This is, you know, you know, I can't, I got to stop saying oh, that. I know I do it too. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's you just know. books. These, it, I picked up what I thought was the most relevant books. And then of course I went to that massive library book sale and I got uh, like 30 books. I sent you a bunch of books too. Yeah. You sent me books. Yeah. Mine isn't quite, mine is, I, don't have, I don't have quite the, uh, I do need to put a book shelf up uh, to get started on that. Yeah. It's a, it's some, some but, good, uh, good stuff to, yeah. I and mean, we've scratched, we barely have scratched the yeah. surface. And I've, I've, well, you think you haven't, as we talk about these. You think you're, you think you, um, you think you've covered everything, but you really, you know, as we delve into it, there's so much more detail. Yeah, yeah. It just and it so, just it just keeps going. So I want to I want to just mention my I we went to the the craft. We'll get this. You know, out of the way. Uh, they went to the went to a craft fair yesterday because that's what my wife and I do sometimes. Yes, and uh, it is Christmas or the holidays, I should say. Um, so, yes, and we. Uh, I was talking to the, this guy who makes knives, and um, I we always wear a shirt to these things because I like to initiate conversation, you know, like a small child. So I wore a shirt that said, uh, did you say like a small child? Yeah. Like a small child. Hello. You walk up to me and you go, hello. Yeah. I have my little, my little shirt that says Bigfoot hide and seek champion. Uh huh. And, uh, Oh, and the, you know, and it'll initiate, I'll wear my, like a SpaceX ad or something and people will comment. And that's when I say, you know, because I don't just want like it's randomly. Hey, do you believe in UFOs? But I like to initiate the conversation. And the late they were older than us, like I mentioned uh-huh. and, uh, in the pre-show. And she states, "I go, oh, do you believe in Bigfoot?" She goes, "Yeah, I believe in Bigfoot." And then she goes, "But I go, how about UFOs?" She goes, "He's seen one." She had her husband there, uh-huh. the knife maker. Uh huh. And he says, "Hey." Yeah, he goes. Yeah, I saw one in the in the sixties, and um, you know where San Leandro lives. Of course, we know exactly yeah, where yeah. San Leandro is. Yeah, and he goes. We were fishing. I go. Well, tell me about it. You know, I go. Well, I have a UFI. I go. Do you guys listen to podcasts? And this happens most of the time when I didn't get involved in a conversation with people that are our age or older. Most people don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> It's really kind of weird. They go, no, we don't listen to podcasts. I go, well, I, I'm a host uh-huh. of a podcast show called The Alien Pro Podcast. They know nothing about, so it meant nothing to them. But he goes, I, I go, well, tell me about your sighting. I go, it'd be interesting to hear what happened. And it was him and a friend of his, and they were down in Davis, you know, at the end of Davis Street down there. 
and they look up and they see a huge cylindric and I didn't get there's people and they're trying to sell stuff and so it's kind of hard to really sit down and have but I got as much as I could and it was a huge cylindrical object um, that was moving slowly and not too far he says it was less than a mile away uh-huh and it was moving very slowly and then all of a sudden it did that typical thing it does he goes it just shot off at incredible speed and disappeared what, what and uh what year was this six he didn't we didn't get to the exact year i'm not sure if he even really realized the exact year it was but it was interesting though that and he so, said that this, they talked to each other and said never to say mention it because they don't want to be crackpots was this in the 60s or the 70s or yeah 60s 60s, 60s. Yeah, okay 60s. okay because remember they're older they're probably like they're five ten years older than us okay okay and they're older people yeah so they were uh, and uh he's still but they him and his friends said we're never going to mention this because i in the 60s i don't you know as young people the way we were we didn't care well, i'll talk about ufos i don't care but i know there also was a underlying stigma of you don't want to really you don't want to really talk about it too much or people are going to think you're crazy you know, yeah, well, that's been thing. that. That was the um, the thing until recently, supposedly. Yeah. So um, he told his friend, "We're never going to talk about this because we don't want people to think we're nuts." So, fast forward to just a couple of years ago, they had lost touch of each other. And then you know, probably through Facebook or whatever they. And the first thing they mentioned to each other, remember that thing we saw? Yeah, the UFO. Yeah. You know, and so it was, he goes, yeah, it was fascinating. That's the first thing we said to each other. Remember that thing we saw? <laughs> well, that would be very memorable. Yeah, they were down at the Davis yeah. Street Pier fishing. I mean, I think we fished there a few times. Yeah, probably, yeah. So it was just, it was kind of fascinating. It was from kind of the area we're from, and then they saw that, and I've never seen a UFO. So, were, uh, I mean, in this... Uh, in this report, they do have sightings. There was lots of sightings in the Bay Area, and I remember some of the stuff that we've been looking at. Um, what's the what's the uh, is it Moffett Field? There's the old um, air base. That's yeah, that's the Moffitt? one that's down in San Jose. Yeah, Moffett's not Moffett. The giant uh, hangar. It's not. Yeah, there's that one. There. But there's also the one up in the North Bay. There's a airfield. It's um, I think it's near Benicia. That's Travis. Is it Travis? Okay, Travis so I know there was a bunch yeah. of sites sightings off of Travis. And um, yeah, they didn't they didn't call it Travis though. They had another name for it back then. It was uh, that'll come to me. But yeah, they called it something else before it was Travis. Do you want to do a word from your sponsor? Let's go ahead and do a word from my sponsor if I can find him. And our new sponsor. Ryan Bank Card Services. Uh, do you own a business and take credit cards for payments? Are your fees higher than you'd like? Not sure? Want to find out? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, check out Orion Bank Card Services. So visit orionbcs.com and let them begin the process towards saving you money to help you realize your financial goals. Once again, visit orionbcs.com and contact them today. All programs of Orion BCS are subject to terms and conditions. Visit orionbcs.com for more details. Thanks again, Ryan. And we're back. All right. So UFOs, 1947. 
Uh, this is a thickish, thickish report. Um, and I've only read a little bit of it. I don't know how far you got into it. Who is this guy? Blo- how do you Bloker, spell his name? Bloker. He, um, I don't know. He worked at... He's uh, a new name. He's a new name for you. I've seen some other stuff yeah. for him. And apparently this was written in 1967. He did this report because yeah. he's constantly talking about the failings of like the Air Force to research, scientifically research UFO sightings. And this, this was also in 1967. They have a um, introduction by Dr. James E. McDonald who was an advocate for the scientific community actively investigating UFO sightings, which I guess is happening now, as we are seeing with um, um, Elizondo involved with Project Galileo. And um, so what else is there? I think that's about it. I'm looking up uh, Ted Bloker. Uh, Ted Bloker, man who introduced the world to flying saucers. I'm not. S- s- I'm not seeing something. I know he's written a bunch of stuff. I'm just trying to see if there was a. Uh... Well, this uh, book is phenomenal. Although, albeit like you said, it's gigantic, and there's a lot of information in there. Yeah, and it can be found online through uh, nightcap.org. Uh, I'm looking, I didn't do any research on it. I, I think he's just basically, he's a research with NICAP. He was involved in the sixties and they say, I don't know what he's doing now, but he does have several books published. And this, this is a interesting report because apparently what he did is related to his work. And I think we mentioned this last time is that he would go around and he would go to local libraries when he was traveling for his work. And then he would uh, look up newspapers reports for UFO sightings, specifically for 1947. And as you mentioned, there was 800 and something sightings. 850. 850, 850 sightings. Um, do, you know, do you know how many sightings there were in November? I sent you the report, but I don't know if you pulled it up yet. You sent me a report? No, yeah, I sent you my MUFON report. On uh, oh, f- oh, for so uh, not have, oh, I haven't seen it for November. So I'm for, just for this of, for this November. Yeah, go ahead, tell me. Yes, there's uh, in the world there was 500 well reported. Now we don't know how many there were other than reported 514, but U.S. 426, and there's various, and then they break it down by shape because they have these investigators. You you too can be an investigator for MUFON. Um, but of course, there's a small fee to uh, move on. You know, of course, there is. <laughs> but they have them by. It's interesting because they break it down by country. How many? You know, India had the least, and it's interesting because with even well, we've had a we had not as people in, in in many people in India are listening to us as they used to. So it's interesting. But there was only one sighting. I don't think there's any correlation. But there was only one sighting reported in India. The U.S. had 425, and then it breaks it down by shape. Okay. And there's no donut shapes. Yeah. There's some... 
They have Saturn-like shapes. Yeah, I'm That's seeing that. They got one with legs. There's a thing, funny thing that they were, in there. They were talking about legs in this report. Oh, I like the shapes. Okay. That's that's a really good report. I think we'll probably just. I mean, we're not going to read the whole thing, but it and distance from the witness was also interesting. Um, less than a hundred feet. Forty-eight sightings were less than a hundred feet. Hmm. That's. Can you imagine? You know, and California leads leads the league um, for sightings. And they haven't oh, broken. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. broken yet. Forty-five in California, Florida, number two, at thirty-one. Hmm. And Texas, number three. It's funny because you're Florida. Yeah. I'm California yeah. and Robert's Texas. And that's number one, two, three. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, hmm. yeah, I mean, Florida could be anything from seeing a space shot. You know, if, you know yeah, my that... sister sent me that picture of a, a really nice picture from her house of the space shot. Uh, one of the SpaceX shots going up, and that was really phenomenal. I guess if you didn't know what you were looking at, that might be something uh, unusual. Um, if you just totally didn't pay attention to what's going on in the world, I suppose. Um, but it was interesting, all these different the, the sightings, the cigar shapes. and It's interesting that the guy that talked to me at the show said it was cylindrical, and it's I you always think of the traditional flying saucer shapes. And uh, I always thought that's what they are, just the flying saucer. And it's got, it actually has some different shapes that are reported in a little picture next to uh, the by shape description. It's not the different, not all the different shapes. It's interesting. There's different models. Well, yeah. <laughs> you got the sport model. So is there different? I mean, what makes, it's just interesting that there's no cylindrical ones, but well, it's, you... it is it's, you could you could also um, say the cylindrical model is like a tic tac. Could be, yeah, or a pro propane tank. I mean, you would say if you saw a propane yeah. tank, like the ones they have on a house, the propane tank right. could be. You'd say that was cylindrical. So he may have seen he may have seen a tic tac. Yeah. So you know, in the sixties, yeah, yeah. Um, so talking about the. The 1947 report, I was looking at what was going on in 1947. So, World War II ended September 45. We had a bomb, atomic bomb test, 1945 and 1946. And people were worried about, and then the Soviets got the atomic bomb. People were worried about uh, nuclear warfare. The start of the Cold War happened in 1947 with the National Security Act, which created the CIA, the DOD, the Joint Chiefs, and the National Security Council. Um, oh, and then uh, 26 September 1947, the Air Force as was created as a separate branch. Uh, the first World Series was broadcast on 6, 6 October 1947. Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier 14 October 1947. Uh, the first practical electronic transistor was, I think, patented or developed 22 December 47. We talk about uh, 
technology being transferred from UFOs. And, and Roswell was July, and then Bell Labs yeah. came up with a first practical model in December. So I don't know. I don't think we I don't think we were smart enough to come up with anything <laughs> at least published by in that many months. I don't know. I was looking we're over very slow. Yeah, I was looking at the um history of the transistor, so I don't know. Also in um oh on March fifth, nineteen forty six, Winston Churchill gave his speech where he talked about the Iron Curtain with the closing of Eastern Europe and the sort of the um world being divided into east and west with the soviet union and all that all that stuff and the berlin wall came up in the 60s though oh and speaking of the 60s did you look at that uh did you get a chance to watch that new jfk documentary you know i looked for it and i could is it on it's youtube on, it's on showtime JFK, oh it's on showtime jfk revisited you have showtime Yes, I I believe so. I'll have to check. I think you have every cable channel available to me. I have every for what I pay. I should have. There shouldn't be anything left out. Yeah, it's but like, we don't get. Yeah, there's one we don't get. But it's not that. Okay, it's uh, it's not on. It's on Showtime. So I just watched it. So did you watch it? Yeah. So what do you think? Um. Well, it's Oliver Stone sort of he's revisiting his JFK movie in light of um, the information that's come out since he made the movie. Uh, the only thing I could say, well, of course, I know recently they were supposed to re release more JFK documents, but that's been blocked because of COVID. That's a good excuse. Yeah, I'm not sorry, COVID, um, the zombie apocalypse. The zo <laughs> um, it's yes. The, the, the only <laughs> the only thing I really got out of it was, I think the evidence is very strong and compelling that. JFK was shot from the front and the rear. Yeah. Did he mention the three tramps? You know. No, uh, I was hoping. I was looking for that because that one guy was supposed to be Chrisman, who was one of the early, who was a, one of the Murray Island guys. Now Chrisman's a weird thing because Chrisman Dahl is the guy that supposed so, saw these things. Says he saw these things. Right. Chrisman was a his supervisor question mark or something. But the relationship isn't clear, and Chrisman is ob was obviously a uh, he's some sort of asset. He's some sort of uh, intelligence asset, which is pretty 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 clear from his history. And the affidavit he's that came out with his uh, that grand jury investigating JFK assassination in the '60s or '70s or whenever it was, uh, he um, he still knew Dahl. Still was associated and friends with Dahl. So there's there's that. So there's sort of that strange connection. Yeah, there's well, a strange... it's odd because two of the you know the Arnold and the Maury Island incidents both involved military aircraft crashing. That's also kind of unusual. I mean, unless they were just falling out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's say, but the the Arnold thing was a there was a Marine transport. And one of the motivations for honor to look for that is they were offering a reward for the discovery of the crash. So I can't remember. Oh. There was a five or $10,000 reward for discovering the crash. So Arnold actually had an incentive to look because, I mean, there was a nice cash incentive to do that. We should mention about the Murray Island incident, too, 
which happened June 21, 1947. It's also considered the first men in black encounter where you have some guy, you know, the classic men in black description talking to a UFO person. Yeah, this was one guy. I think that this time it was one guy. This was just one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was war. He was warning off Dahl about um, talking about the incident, and that's that's just a weird. There's there's a whole scenario with the Arnold's description and all the incidents around Maury Island, which is just strange. And we've talked about that. Yeah, it is pretty bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, so forty seven. We got tons, tons, and tons, tons of sightings. Eight hundred and fifty sightings. Um. I was looking over the first part this morning. Let's see what I have. Um, oh, this is a one of the things that makes this report and these sightings unique is reading from the report. The nineteen forty seven UFO wave is perhaps the most fascinating of any to examine because of its unique position at the very beginning of the contemporary period of UFO activity in this country. There were no attitudes about UFO in June 1947. There were no preconceptions, no misconceptions, no policies by either press or public or by any official agencies, and certainly no pattern existed concerning the phenomenon by which comparison might be made. Few people recall the reports of ghost rockets over Sweden during the summer of 1946. 46. 46. (laughs) And it was only during the crest of the wave 1947 on July 6th and 7th that any connection was made with these earlier phenomena. A few World War II veterans who had observed Foo Fighters over Germany and the South Pacific during the war were now reminded of those earlier incidents by the widespread reports of flying saucers. But for most witnesses, these experience, the experience of observing strange aerial manifestations was completely without precedent and profoundly baffling. Which is why these, these reports are so interesting. Because, yeah, uh, no preconceptions. The press was open to reporting things as... You know, they were happening without embellishment and making fun of the um, people that were seeing these sightings, which became a, a sort of standard uh, operating procedure for the media at the time. One of the things that I keep seeing is what's uh, they go uh, looking back today on the UFO sightings of June 1947. It appeared to be unmistakably evident that by the end of the month that there was already enough evidence to justify a thorough scientific investigation into these unexplained appearances. It is understandable that such an idea occurred to scarcely anyone in mid-1947. What is so difficult to understand is why it took over 19 years, it's now been over 70 years, of continued observations and reports to get such an investigation underway. And the magnitude, yeah. yeah, the magnitude of these sightings was apparently uh, extremely impressive at the time. There was something 
else. I but, mean, he's got them on the map. He's marked them on oh, yeah. the US, U.S. map. He's got them numbered. I mean, this is this is a great book. This yeah. is, you know, I mean, you, there's more sightings than you can possibly even. He's got sightings after June 24th. Yeah. And Arnold's wasn't a flying saucer. It was kind of a croissant shaped. Yeah. Well, it was a, kind of like a croissant. There but, is in this report, there is a photo at the back of the report, which I haven't gotten to, but I was just skimming. They mentioned in the part that I'd read the first 20 pages or so. They mentioned there's a photographic section, and there is actually a photo of this crescent-shaped object. Uh, July 7th, Phoenix, Arizona, Rhodes. And it's, it's like what uh, Arnold had described. A photograph reproduced July 9th edition of the Phoenix, Arizona Republic. Uh, the claim by a Chicago publisher that all July 9 issues have been confiscated in a door-to-door -door search is completely without any basis, in fact. That Chicago uh, publisher is probably Ray Palmer. Uh, a few weeks after Army Air Corps visited Rhodes and asked for copies of the photographs as well as the negatives, which Rhodes turned over to them willingly. He later reported that efforts to get them back were unsuccessful. The Air Force files... In the Air Force files, the road sightings is termed a possible hoax. Uh, Kenneth Arnold reported, however, that when he met Intelligence Officer Lieutenant Frank Brown in Tacoma on July 31st, and that's one of the officers that got killed in that crash after they had interviewed um, the Maury Island guys. Oh, really? I believe so, wow. yeah. Uh, Brown said that Rhodes' photographs were among several we consider to be authentic explaining that copies he had just been received at Hamilton Field. Um, it's also interesting to note that while Rhodes himself had no luck in getting his photographs back, officers at Hamilton Field willingly gave copies to Arnold on a subsequent trip, trip he made to that base. Those same photos given to uh, Dr. McDonald by Arnold were lent for the purpose of reproduction in this report by Dr. McDonald. Wow. The drawings below are included to give clearer impression of the shapes of the photographs. So there, and the photograph, I mean, it's not. It's, what, what page is it? What oh, there's the no page numbers in this damn oh. thing. It's in the back. Oh. It's in the oh, far okay. back. Just. You're going to have to okay. scroll okay. through it till you yeah. see photos. <laughs> anyway, the the croissant, <laughs> the croissant, the croissant is. Uh, it's croissant. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Roswell wasn't a saucer. Maybe because I remember one of the descriptions of the Roswell saucers was that one side was like completely destroyed. I'm thinking maybe that was a croissant. Maybe that was one of those uh, Arnold sauce, not a saucer. They call it a saucer, but it's kind of a croissant shape. A croissant. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. I was just looking at my bookshelf. Is, yeah. is I'd have to move around. I was going to grab one of the Roswells. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good observation. That's a, a distinct possibility yeah. that it's um, it wasn't destroyed. Yeah. It was mainly intact, but it just looked different than their expectations. 
And was Brown but offed on purpose? Uh, I don't. Crash thing? I, <laughs> I want to had the. I, I'm going to go out on the limb right now. No, I want to say no. The, uh, <laughs> what about the, because the only people that survived, you know, because we're going to make a movie out of this, right? The, the only yeah, person that go. survived were the two, were the um, navigator and the. Uh, well, it was a, the uh, hitchhiker or whatever. Hitchhiker and the engineer. But they both had, didn't they both have? Yeah, okay. So they hit, I'll go with that. Hitchhiker engineer, they go up. Um, and you know, they double tap the pilot co pilot and then jump out of the plane. No, yeah, they... I don't think so. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I believe it's just the plane failed, and I think it's the plane had just had, I think, new engines put in. And if it hadn't been a if, if it hadn't had extensive maintenance done on the plane just before they took it off, uh, I would say. There's probably something wrong, but since the the maintenance had been done, they're saying that a, a flange was left off the engine, so it was like the the exhaust was like heating the wing up. Although you have to ask the question, uh, why didn't yeah. it destroy the plane on the flight up? If this yes, was, I guess you would have to ask that question. Yeah, <laughs> it got hot enough going loud, but yeah, well, in. yeah, after after a really brief flight they were only in the air for like 10 or 15 minutes so there's that question all right so um, <laughs> my gut reaction is no it's just because of whatever uh, but yeah that's there's there are some interesting questions i think that uh, I maybe think, we should be looking into the two people that jumped out a little closer who were they yeah were those guys yeah yeah that's Maybe a, we should be also with a, Maury Island. I still want to know what happened to the kid. I know he ended up at a the kid whose arm got broken mysteriously. If they probably grounded the boat, that's probably when it happened. But mm-hmm. um, you know, they interviewed him at the that he's a chef or something, a cook at some roadside restaurant in Montana, and doesn't even remember how he got there. But they hardly ever talk about that. There's no. I don't know how I know you I got perused here. a lot of this. How did this? And again, everybody's probably dead. He's probably not even. He might be around, but I don't know. But we'll, why aren't why aren't these things investigated? I mean, if I'm going to talk to all the witnesses, oh, we'll talk to everybody. But and the kid wasn't so young, he wouldn't figure out what was going on. Did he see flying saucers? Did they drop out the material? Yeah. There are, yeah, that's a good questions, but you got to remember too that this was heavily painted as a uh, as a uh, hoax. I mean, they confess to the yeah. FBI, say no, this was a hoax. But the, what the interesting part is 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 the role that um, Dahl plays in this. Why is there a, an intelligence asset so heavily involved in this this uh, scenario? And it's. Uh, Doll and the other guy. Well, Doll isn't Doll. I don't think I don't know. I don't think Doll was an asset. The other guy, Chrisman, was the the intelligence asset, and he ties in with JFK's assassination. Um, and that's a, a I never thought about the JFK stuff until you talked about it, and now I'm just like, that's some serious, some serious stuff yeah. happened there, and yeah, I think it, it that changed the whole course of the the United States in the future was that one single assassination. 
So, and I, yeah, because you don't, you can't do anything. It doesn't matter who you are, you can be gotten to. Yeah. No matter yeah. how high up. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the tone that got set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on the, the 19- I don't know if that can happen. Can that happen today? Do you oh, think? oh, 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 okay. So, um, yes, it has yeah. happened today, and we've seen it happen with two, two, uh, presidents. Yeah. But I mean, today, today, 2021. Do you think that can happen? Uh, we saw with it. the information age and well, people can't shut up. People aren't, aren't scared. Aren't scared as they are of the government. It's, it's become it's become harder. So we saw it with our most recent president. There was a big campaign to discredit him, with a lot of um, strangeness involved in that, and it's just recently fallen apart. And if you go back, <laughs> the, the funniest thing now is uh, stuff is coming out about Nixon and how they're talking about how Nixon was framed so he would be forced to resign. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it's like, it's, God. But JFK, I mean, I never thought of anything about the JFK assassination. I didn't think it was a big deal. But, uh, you know, just a single nutty guy. But looking at the um, Zabruder film, and some of this, the weirdness around his autopsy, the craziness around his autopsy, autopsy. Yeah, no, it, and you can see it on the Bruder film. He was shot from the front. I mean, you can't deny that. You can see, you know. He went forward, ma- then back. Well, you can see material material from his, his head landing on the deck lid of the, the car. Yeah. And his wife. It's in his belly. His wife jumps up on the deck lid and is like grabbing pieces of him. Oh, this is awful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. So there's some some weird, weird stuff going on, but the buildup and the sightings in 1947 are fascinating because you have all these um, preconceived notions hadn't been developed yet, and one of those preconceived notions came about in 1950 in one of my favorite movies. Well, it's a little slow these days, but the day the Earth stood still. You know that movie. Everybody knows. Oh, that movie. I love, love them. Yeah, the original. But Michael one of, Ramey or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but one of the things that um, sort of embedded itself in the cultural mythology surrounding UFOs was the seamless silver bodysuit. So now all the um, space aliens that these that people say they see are. Um, you know, have these seamless silver bodysuits. Everybody's got a... Or maybe that came from the... Um, I don't see how it could, but maybe that idea came from the Roswell stuff into Hollywood. What, what year was the day the earth stood still? Let me look that up. 1950. And to add a... Per- yeah? The girl that was the witness with Einstein, she said that... The they wore jump. She said bluish. I think she said bluish or gray. But seamless jumpsuits, uh, seamless and shoes that just appeared to be, you know, part of, you know, they were fitted right to their feet, and you know they didn't have laces. They were just kind of slipped on. Okay. And uh, you know, it's just. I mean, that's what's her. I mean, but still jumpsuits, whether the color. Yeah. Or, you know, it's it's uh, really bizarre that. You know, yeah, the silver jump shoot was the. That's a, <laughs> you know, was the. Yeah, it's a standard alien space alien wear these days, and Day of the Earth stood still, nineteen fifty. That's, 
I think when it's everybody just sort of came out into in that movie, and we've all seen that movie. I've seen it. I should watch it again. I, it's a good movie. It's a little slow these days, but it's a good movie. Well, it's it, very good. Keanu Reeves did a remake on it. I haven't seen the whole one. Yeah, that one was, of course, not as good. But um, then there was Earth versus the Flying Saucers in 1956. And that was uh, that was the one we just watched yeah. recently. Was that the one with the yeah the uh, the uh, sonic gun and the people trapped underground because they bombed them? That was a good movie. No, that wasn't this. Well, uh, this one was the one where they figured out that the people in the flying the entities in the flying saucer were they played the audio really slow by accident because the battery was going dead and figured out oh yeah no that's, to communicate. that's the movie i'm talking about where they had the um yeah. the the sonic guns around the capital yes. and they're running around yeah that's a good movie yeah on the on the trailers yeah 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 that's yeah. that one yeah they, they 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 shot the ufos down with sonic gun because yeah. it disrupted their that um a, that was a very good movie yeah that was a that su- one. surprisingly good movie when i sat made myself sit down and watch it although i watched it in color which made it easier so yeah i love black and white though i watch black and white yeah i i i I was i didn't like the colorization thing that came about but then when i i i actually like it now (laughs) so uh so the build-up to the sightings of 1949 and some of the things he says the build-up of the sightings july 1 to 3rd says, in one sighting alone, over 100 spectators at an amateur ball game in Cincinnati saw two of the disc move slowly over the field in the evening of July 2nd. And that's one of the cases that we can probably talk about. Another interesting report describes the landing seen by a family of 10 in northern Idaho of eight huge objects. This report should have been among those in the Air Force files, but it had been reported reported to intelligence officers from the Spokane Army Air Base. An intensive air search was carried out by two missions of the National Guard's 116th Fighter Group. Local sheriff's deputy also made a ground search, but since no apparent trace of the objects was found, a report was probably never forwarded to Wright Field in Dayton. Yeah, it, well, you know, right, right, Patterson. That, you yeah. know, that's my base. Yeah. That's where I think everything was taken. I don't think area. I, you know, how I feel about Bob Lazar. Bob, uh, if, Bob Lazar. Know, I don't know, Bob. Like you said, I think Bob was a Bob. You know, radiation investigator more than a UFO reverse engineer. Bob. But um, you know, I don't want. I don't want to get on Bob's bad side. I, I know he listens. So you know. It, yes, he does. Know, we know he does. Um, but one thing about Lazar is there are, as mentioned a bunch of times, there are definite aspects to his story that are true. So the thing you can say is that he did have access to this facility for a period of time. And that's definitely, that's a fact. And then there's, there's other interesting things, but then, you know, always, these things always have, have questions. Uh, there's some more things. Uh, July, oh, and then the report talks about the beginning of the critique of people seeing the UFOs. There was a editorial in the Portland Oregonian, which was 
titled Er Quack Quack. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and there's a bunch of uh, contradictory reports. Then he talks about in the report there was a July 4th deluge. Deluge. Uh, and we should say that Roswell was June 2nd to June 8th, based on our limited review of the material so far. Uh, July 4th, Twin Falls, Idaho, 60 picnickers watched three formations of more than 35 objects flying over overhead. Later in that evening, at Lake Hauser Lake near Spokane, more than 200 persons saw a lone disc in the sky overhead. This is all on July 4th. Um, 88 specific oh, sightings it... were found spread over an area comprising 24 states and one Canadian process. Over 400 people from all walks of life. Two-thirds of these observations were placed when daylight hours or dusk. This is July 4th, 1947. That's just some of the sightings. The day before Roswell. Now, I have a question about... I have a well, question. Brazel, who's the... Uh... For the Roswell thing, I mean, they've got a thing here where the the farmer, the rancher, I should say, um, he took pieces of that of the spaceship and he stored them in his shed. I know we were kind of going back and forth on that, and now I'm looking at your your book. Um, <laughs> how big is this thing? You know, or did he just get hunks of it that were broken? You, you mean the the is this the balloon or the guy that was supposedly no, towed? Brazel, Brazel, who is the uh, property owner of the uh, craft site. Well, there's there's some he, confusion, although we haven't really gone into the material for Roswell stuff. I've, the thing I saw was there was reports, a couple newspaper reports of a farmer dragging a saucer into his barn. Yeah. And then I think there's this guy that was gathering fragments from whatever had crashed. And... What I think that we're seeing, and there's that later report that came out by that one physicist, or book that was written by the physicist, there may have been two crashes in the area. To add more, there was, a, there was one where there was a ship, there was like the skip where it hit and bounced, and then there was like another crash somewhere else. So there's, there's a confusion as to the number of events and the specifics around the Roswell area. And the Roswell's is a, a range of dates so far, although we've barely touched on the, the information in these books and stuff, of July 2nd through July 8th. So are you there? Oh, I'm. he's frozen. He's frozen. Are you there? He's calculating. Can you hear me? You've gone. I can hear you. Okay. What are you doing? Yeah, You're doing you a calculation. Yeah. No, I was just typing to you. You're frozen. Oh, you fro <laughs> No. No, you're frozen. No, you're frozen. You're frozen. <laughs> I didn't check my internet speed before oh, we started. Remember, yeah, we were supposed oh, to do that. God. <laughs> doing it now. No, you're frozen. Yeah. It's no, working now. Frozen. Oh, my. Okay, well, you cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it in. Sorry. And we almost made it the entire hour. Well, I too. kept I kept talking, um, so it was fine. 
And then I thought okay, you were reading. Yeah, I'm watching. I go, well, I hope he's talking. And he's going to go, aren't you everything to say? I don't know. I can't hear you. Um, my internet is slow, but it's not dead. It's not great. It's, I'm running 20. Ours was, it was, we, after we did what you said, reset the, uh, the deal in there, it, it speeded up quite quickly. And oh, it, oh. Debbie had less. Uh-oh. <laughs> is that a phone call? Yeah, that's my, <laughs> no, that's my message noise. It's, uh. <laughs> oh, that's me sending you the message. I yeah. can't hear you. <laughs> You're frozen. I'm a duck. Is that a duck? <laughs> no, it's frogs. Uh, there's oh, these, frog. these little frogs that hang out here in the wet weather, and I just recorded them and made a um, a thing out of it. Oh, um, yeah, no, you're frozen. Okay, so now it's working again. Eh, it's not a big deal. It only froze up for a second. Um, my computer is good. You're still there? Yeah, I'm okay, here. I can all see. Right. Yeah, anyway, so... Um, I kept talking. I don't think that's a big deal. We got. <laughs> I don't know what you said, but it doesn't right. matter. You sure can listen. To, you can listen to it. <laughs> I can listen to it, <laughs> like everybody else. I don't know what was said. I was there, but I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so July fifth, the front page banner headlines covered the sightings. Uh, local papers featured reports of sightings coming from nearby areas. Portland, Oregon, reported an airline sighting. Uh, Oh, there was a there's a photo of uh, Seattle photograph taken near Seattle by Coast Guardsman Frank Ryman was given top billing in many newspapers as graphic evidence of the reality of the reported objects. All oh, that photo that's also in this report. You can dig through the back and you can you can see that that just gave a um, that just gave a um, um, little white spot, sort of a saucer shaped spot. And yeah. I'm screwing this all up. There's no page numbers on these things, and I'm like moving things all over it's the place. Because the one you sent me has the one you sent me has page. I mean, when you flip it, it has a page on the bottom. It doesn't do that with, or do you have the actual book? I have a. Do I just printed. I just book? printed it out. There's no page numbers. Uh, I've got, okay. And, and then the one you gave me, I got it on. Uh, got it on electronic. Well, you have. Yeah, you, and you can just. Well, I like I think you gave me that. Didn't you? Yeah, I like, but I print it out. I like printing stuff out. So now, yeah, now I'm screwed you it can all write up. on it. I've screwed it all up. Uh, front page. Well, you know, we're, we're going to be, we'll be talking about it again because this thing's a million pages long. Oh, it is, and I want to, I want to talk about some of the stuff. Voice of confusion, and I think that's pretty itch. Oh, this is a. There's a good thing here. I actually marked it. Uh, and then the voice of confusion is is one of the sections in here where they're talking about. And we should wrap this up pretty pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, we're um, getting close. Yeah, we're getting close. But it's um, you know different people coming in, different authorities. We'll talk about that. But here at the end, before we wrap it up, there was this one statement: the fourth case, which was non-military, described the landing and ascent of a small disc near Tempe, Arizona, during the afternoon. For reasons unknown, the folder containing this report at Project Blue Book was empty. When examined for the purposes of this report, it is listed as insufficient information in the official files. Another landing report not among those in the Air Force files describes a brief landing and ascent of another small disk seen near Pocatello, Idaho at dawn. 
The object remained in an upright attitude like a wheel as it touched down and then took off. Uh, and there's more, and then I'm going to spend the next hour sorting this thing out because there's no friggin' page numbers. Oh! <laughs> I agree with you. I like the paper because I can things and I can write on it. Yeah, and I'm doing that. I should have, I, I want to mention too, did you get the um, Quintanilla's book? I sent you the link for it, I think. What's the name of it? Uh, I, I don't know. I have no idea. It was it's it's um, so. U for U UFOs an Air Force dilemma uh, by Lieutenant Colonel Hector Quintanilla Jr. Former Chief Project I Blue Book. I sent you the I think I sent you the the link for it. It's in the archive um, dot org, and you can link it directly through uh, Hector Quintanilla's page on wikipedia i'll send you that if you didn't get it i'll send you the link again yes yeah, yeah send me the link and then i'll get i'll load it oh i might have texted it to you um should i email it email yeah yeah email would be better that way I can, yeah then i can convert it yeah you can get it in your awesome. device but yeah i was uh i was trying to figure out how to get this and i happen to read quintania's wikipedia page and there's a link for this in there. And the Discovery Institute has, I guess, put it on uh, line and made it freely available for people to read. I really think that this is something we should look at. I'm curious, a poor guy. I, mean, I used to think that this guy, what did he do to get that job? I mean, who did he piss off to get that job? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they will find out. It'll be interesting. And uh, next week, we're going to continue with the report of UFO wave of 1947. We may or we may be doing, oh. I think, it's finally, a we'll be able to get together. We're going to get together with Robert at the beginning of the week sometime to go over some things. And then um, I think he's, he still wants to do Men in Black, and he still wants to make sure he's he's included in on some episodes. So we yeah. want to do that. Well, well, hopefully we'll do Men in Black next week, and uh, I'll finish reading the, the book that I'm reading on it, which is the awesome. which will be the British viewpoint on Men in Black, I and mean, you and Robert can cover the U.S. point yeah. part. So let's uh, I guess awesome. let's wrap it up. I will sort my papers, right. which are a disaster, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at alienprobe.net. Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. Also, catch us on YouTube. Still audio right now, but we're getting some video on there as well. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. Thanks again, Dr. Bill, for joining us, joining me, I should say. Uh, All right. Personality today. I'll talk to you next week. Right. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.